This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Today's reading by Alex Foster, www.alexfoster.me.uk The Merry Adventures of Robin Hood by Howard Pyle Preface From the Author to the Reader you who so plod amid serious things that you feel it shame to give yourself up even for a few short moments to mirth and joyousness in the land of fancy, you who think that life hath naught to do with innocent laughter that can harm no one, these pages are not for you. Clap to the leaves and go no farther than this, for I tell you plainly that if you go farther you will be scandalised by seeing good, sober folks of real history so frisk and caper in gay colours and motley that you would not know them but for the names tagged to them. Here is a stout, lusty fellow with a quick temper, yet none so ill for all that, who goes by the name of Henry the Second. Here is a fair, gentle lady, before whom all others bow and call her Queen Eleanor. Here is a fat rogue of a fellow, dressed up in rich robes of a clerical kind, that all the good folk call my Lord Bishop of Hereford. Here is a certain fellow with a sour temper and a grim look, the worshipful the Sheriff of Nottingham. And here, above all, is a great, tall, merry fellow that roams the greenwood, and joins in homely sports, and sits beside the sheriff at merry feast, which same beareth the name of the proudest of the Plantagenets, Richard of the Lion's Heart. Beside these are a whole host of knights, priests, nobles, burghers, yeomen, pages, ladies, lasses, landlords, beggars, peddlers, and what not, all living the merriest of merry lives and all bound by nothing but a few odd strands of certain old ballads, snipped and clipped and tied together again in a score of knots, which draw these jocund fellows here and there, singing as they go. Here you will find a hundred dull, sober, jogging places, all tricked out with flowers and what not, till no one would know them in their fanciful dress. And here is a country bearing a well-known name, wherein no chill mists press upon our spirits, and no rain falls but what rolls off our backs like April showers off the backs of sleek drakes, where flowers bloom for ever, and birds are always singing, where every fellow hath a merry catch as he travels the roads, and ale and beer and wine, such as muddle no wits, flow like water in a brook. This country is not fairyland. What is it? Tis the land of fancy, and is of that pleasant kind that, when you tire of it, whisk, you clap the leaves of this book together, and tis gone, and you are ready for everyday life with no harm done. And now I lift the curtain that hangs between here and no man's land. Will you come with me, sweet reader? I thank you. Give me your hand. End of Preface Prologue Giving an account of Robin Hood and his adventure with the King's Foresters also telling how his band gathered around him, and of the merry adventure that gained him his good right-hand man, the famous Little John. CHAPTER One: HOW ROBIN HOOD CAME TO BE AN OUTLAW In merry England in the time of old, when good King Henry the Second ruled the land, there lived within the green glades of Sherwood Forest near Nottingham Town a famous outlaw whose name was Robin Hood. No archer ever lived that could speed a grey goose shaft with such skill and cunning as his, nor were there ever such yeomen as the sevenscore merry men that roamed with him through the greenwood shades. Right merrily they dwelled within the depths of Sherwood Forest, suffering neither care nor want, but passing the time in merry games of archery or bouts of cudgel play, living upon the king's venison, washed down with draughts of ale of October brewing. 
Not only Robin himself, but all the band were outlaws, and dwelled apart from other men. Yet they were beloved by the country people round about, for no one ever came to Jolly Robin for help in time of need, and went away again with an empty fist. And now I will tell you how it came about that Robin Hood fell afoul of the law. When Robin was a youth of eighteen, stout of sinew and bold of heart, the Sheriff of Nottingham proclaimed a shooting-match, and offered a prize of a butt of ale to whosoever should shoot the best shaft in Nottinghamshire. Now, quoth Robin, will I go too, for fain would I draw a string for the bright eyes of my lass, and a butt of good October brewing. So up he got, and took his good stout yew-bow, and a score or more of broad cloth-yard arrows, and started off from Loxley Town through Sherwood Forest to Nottingham. It was at the dawn of the day, in merry Maytime, when hedgerows are green and flowers bedeck the meadows, daisies pied and yellow cuckoo buds, and fair primroses all along the briery hedges, when apple buds blossom and sweet birds sing, the lark at dawn of day, the throstle cock and cuckoo, when lads and lasses look upon each other with sweet thoughts, when busy housewives spread their linen to bleach upon the bright green grass. Sweet was the greenwood as he walked along its paths, and bright the green and rustling leaves amid which the little birds sang with their might and main, and blithely Robin whistled as he trudged along, thinking of Maid Marian and her bright eyes, for at such times a youth's thoughts are wont to turn pleasantly upon the lass he loves the best. As thus he walked along with a brisk step and a merry whistle, he came suddenly upon some foresters seated beneath a great oak tree. Fifteen there were in all, making themselves merry with feasting and drinking as they sat around a huge pasty, to which each man helped himself, thrusting his hands into the pie, and washing down that which they ate with great horns of ale, which they drew all foaming from a barrel that stood nigh. Each man was clad in Lincoln green, and a fine show they made, seated upon the sward beneath that fair spreading tree. Then one of them, with his mouth full, called out to Robin, Halloa! Where goest thou, little lad, with thy one-penny bow and thy farthing shafts? Then Robin grew angry, for no stripling likes to be taunted with his green years. Now, quoth he, my bow and eke mine arrows are as good as shine, and moreover I go to the shooting-match at Nottingham Town, which same has been proclaimed by our good Sheriff of Nottinghamshire. There I will shoot with other stout yeomen, for a prize has been offered of a fine butt of ale. Then one who held a horn of ale in his hand said, Ho, oh, listen to the lad! Why, boy, thy mother's milk is yet scarce dry upon thy lips, and yet thou pratest of standing up with good stout men at Nottingham Butts, thou who art scarce able to draw one string of a two-stone bow. I'll hold the best of you twenty marks, quoth bold Robin, that I hit the clout at threescore rods by the good help of Our Lady Fair. At this all laughed aloud, and one said, Well boasted, thou fair infant, well boasted and well thou knowest that no target is nigh to make good thy wager. And another cried, He will be taking ale with his milk next. At this Robin grew right mad. Hark ye, said he, yonder at the glade's end I see a herd of deer, even more than threescore rods distant. I'll hold you twenty marks that by leave of Our Lady I cause the best heart among them to die. Now done, cried he who had spoken first, and here are twenty marks. I wager that thou causest no beast to die, with or without the aid of Our Lady. Then Robin took his good yew-bow in his hand, and placing the tip at his instep, he strung it right deftly. Then he knocked a broad cloth-yard arrow, and raising the bow, drew the grey-goose feather to his ear. The next moment the bowstring rang, and the arrow sped down the glade as a sparrow-hawk skims in a northern wind. 
high leaped the noblest heart of all, only to fall dead, reddening the green path with his heart's blood. Ha! cried Robin, how likest thou that shot, good fellow? I pot the wager were mine, and it were three hundred pounds. Then all the foresters were filled with rage, and he who had spoken the first and had lost the wager was more angry than all. Nay, cried he, the wager is none of thine, and get thee gone straight away, or by all the saints of heaven I'll baste thy sides until thou wilt ne'er be able to walk again. Knowest thou not, said another, that thou hast killed the king's deer, and by the laws of our gracious lord and sovereign king Harry, thine ears should be shaven close to thy head? Catch him, cried a third. Nay, said a fourth, let him in go because of his tender years. Never a word, said Robin Hood, but he looked at the foresters with a grim face, then turning on his heel strode away from them down the forest glade. But his heart was bitterly angry, for his blood was hot and youthful, and prone to boil. Now, well would it have been for him who had first spoken had he left Robin Hood alone, but his anger was hot, both because the youth had gotten the better of him, and because of the deep draughts of ale that he had been quaffing. So, of a sudden, without any warning, he sprang to his feet and seized upon his bow and fitted it to a shaft. Aye, cried here, and I'll hurry thee anon, and he sent the arrow whistling after Robin. It was well for Robin Hood that that same forester's head was spinning with ale, or else he would never have taken another step. As it was, the arrow whistled within three inches of his head. Then he turned around and quickly drew his own bow and sent an arrow back in return. "'Ye said I was no archer,' cried he aloud, "'but say so now again.' 